It's another Sunday night and another season of comedy. Tonight, we wrap up season five with YouTube powerhouse and New York heavy hitter Vic DiPetetto. We'll find out how this Brooklyn-based stand-up made himself an online comedy brand with a huge following all over the East Coast. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Who wants coffee? Anybody want coffee? Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're listening to an all-new Inside Jokes, baby, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you see your screen so you can stream five seasons of classic radio better. How about that? We are done. We are wrapping up season five. This is the season five finale of Inside Jokes. We have a very special guest on with us tonight. Vince Tedesco is not our special guest, but he is my producer. We got Vince on the line. How you doing, buddy? I'm special. Well, you're special. Um, yeah, but you're not. You, I mean, you're here all the time. We're here all the time. I love it how you say it's oh, another I- new episode of Inside Jokes. And as discussed during uh, our pre-air preparation, we've only had, what, two reruns this year? So every week is a brand new episode of Inside Jokes. That's right. We never Um, miss a week. Every week is a brand new episode. Every week is another week in comedy, you know. But this is it, Vince. Season five wraps up. So What have we learned? We brought in tonight. What have we learned this year? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, a little bit. I would say we did learn comedians are nothing if not resilient and highly yes well, we've always known that we've always known that this is just the last the last two seasons of this show really have just been a good proving ground for that because comics have uh you know they steered the ship they built a whole new infrastructure with all this pandemic nonsense shutting everything down so yeah we did learn that uh but yeah we had this past season we've had some of our favorite friends across canada and the u.s some new faces on the show. We left North America. We went kind of all over the map, checking in with comics everywhere. Uh, yeah. Festivals. We saw festivals come back finally after a year of COVID. So we're getting there, buddy. But, it's good uh, to be kind of back in a way. It's, it's good to be semi. It's like a soft open, like I was saying about JFL. Uh, but we do have a special guest tonight to wrap up season five. He's never been Ooh, on Inside yeah. Show. Big Love guest, it. Vic DiBetetto. So he's... He's a comic, and we're going to talk to him about this because this guy's been around for 40 years. He's been on stage in New York for 40 years, made himself a full-blown one-man comedy brand, blew up on YouTube. He's massive all over the East Coast. I mean, New York, Philly, Jersey, D.C. I mean, people love this guy. He's got a huge, huge following. So we're going to pick his brain on his career so far and what what made him go to that platform and uh, send out season five. Bang! He's like a Don Rickles meets Lewis Black meets uh, meets a heart attack all in one. He does have a little bit of an Italian Lewis Black vibe. Yeah, he's the awesome. I love rant. him. The man likes to rant. We'll say that. Um, but yeah, season five wraps up. Next week, we go straight into season six. And Vince, episode 300 next week, baby. Season six and 300. We've been 300 doing this for episodes. six years. 300 shows see how many see how many episodes you can have and how many seasons you could last for when uh you know the network you're on isn't aware that you're still on it that's the there you go that's how you do that Uh, zoom we're gonna wrap up season five we're gonna get into it with special guest vic d potato right here on inside jokes baby 
to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, streaming coast to coast, Canada wide, and stateside on the Global News Radio Network. It is our season five wrap up. And we got a very special guest on the show who's never been on Inside Jokes before. We're going down to New York. We're going stateside, baby, because they haven't been able to come to our studio until now. We got Vic DiBattetto on the line. Vic, how are you doing, man? Great. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about coming to Montreal. Really looking forward to it. This is what we're talking to you about before before we hit the air. You are the first American comic to cross the border and come into Montreal, playing this show September 18th. Because we were talking about the Just for Laughs, the big comedy festival, came back this summer, of course. But they did like uh, what we've been calling a soft open. So it was all Canadian comics, no American comics, which I'll tell you right now, Vic, that was the first and only time in history that that'll ever happen. Wow. Uh, I'm sure Canadian comics loved it for once. But <laughs> yeah, but all the, all the American heavy hitters stayed home, yeah. Because I did the Com- Montreal Just for Laughs in 1998, I did it. I was on the new faces category. I mean, I've been there you doing go. <laughs> yeah, it was me, well, Mitch Hedberg, uh, D.L. Uli. Uh, wow, that was a uh, Ray Romano. Wow, classic. Obviously, you know, those uh, guys went into the stratosphere, and I went on to drive a school bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing, Vic. So, I mean, we wanted to, you know, we're gonna go over. I mean, you not too long ago cut your first comedy album. Of course, you built you've built a mass following. You've built your own audience all over the states, especially on the East Coast. You built a huge following online. But you've been at this for a long time. You've been at this four decades now. You've been you first got on stage in what? 81, right? 81 Pips Comedy Club in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, and I'm doing it so long. Andrew Dice Clay was the MC the first night I hit the stage. That's right. how long I'm doing this. And here's the interesting thing, though, Vic, because we, especially during the pandemic, we talked to a lot of comics, comics who have been around since 80s, early 90s, who never in a million years, it never occurred to them to try out any new platform. They looked at YouTube, anything, TikTok, any streaming stuff that went, well, that's for the kids. I'm not, that's got nothing to do with me. You, you did something completely different. I mean, you've been on stage for, yeah, 40 years. You took this platform, though, and used it to your advantage, and you built your audience there and just blew up with it. I think you did something that other comics that have been around for the same amount of time you have completely overlooked. Well, I started with a webcam. I used to do it with a computer, and I started with a webcam. I've been doing these videos since 2009. Now, 2013, one of them went viral, which was called Bread and Milk, which went viral because I you know, imitated people going crazy. I, you guys know up there with the snow. Yeah. People see a snowflake. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got to get the bread and milk. I got to, it went viral. In 26 seconds. I walked from my house to my car, got me more recognition than at that time, 30 years of stand-up. But people think bread and milk was the one that put me on the map. And that's the one that happened to go viral. I've been doing these. I have over 8,000 videos and put all together on four social media platforms. I have... Over a billion views altogether. Which is unreal. I mean, that's, you know, now we, now we're in sort of, we're calling it now generation TikTok and comedy because we live in the era of, you know, 22-year-old influencers and all that stuff doing Instagram and TikTok and blah, blah, blah. But for somebody who took that YouTube platform and built their own, I mean, you've really, you've made yourself into a one, one-man comedy brand on it. You were ahead of the pack, not just for comics of, that, of your generation, but just in general. I mean... It's only in the last couple of years, really, that stand-ups have figured out, okay, there's something there. 
I can right, and they think that just because they're going to go on on video and do something, it, it's got to be funny. I mean, I post every day. My content is is so diverse. You know, I, I do characters. I do the Yankee locker room. I do the New York Giants locker room. I do a, a character called Tony Gaga. You know, the over the top. You got a guy. I got you. I get you. I get you this for two dollars. I got I got <laughs> characters. I got ticked off Vic. I got so many characters and. You know, I hate when people, they see just one video and they judge me. Oh, that's the angry Italian guy that, that always screams. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got 8,000 videos and that's all I do in all of them. People are so stupid. <laughs> it's amazing. The stupidity in this, in this world is above and beyond. The comments, some of the comments I get would make your, your, your head explode. Well, and people are trying act- to bring some laughs to a world gone mad. That's all. Which, yeah. by the way, I mean, I, you know, I think... I think right now, more than ever, we need that, especially after just the insane year and a half we've been through. And I think before this happened, I mean, we've been talking about this on the show lately, Vic, but I think we were in this weird trend before the pandemic where comedy, I don't know if it's just this generation, but comedy was getting too serious. Everything had to have a message. Everything, it was, you were being preached at, you know? Well, now everything's political now. You know, yeah. I, I did a couple of videos where I, I touched social issues. I did a, a one called Message to the Government about the United States government with that $1,200 stimulus check. That went viral on yeah. Facebook on Facebook alone, 30 million views, just on Facebook, because it struck a nerve. I didn't take sides. I just told, and right away, oh, you're this, you're that, you're, you're a liberal, you're a conservative. How can I be both? People <laughs> are so stupid. They don't research. They don't take the time to research. Right away, it's these conspiracy theories and... You know, well, you're a comedian. I, I want to be entertained. You shouldn't touch politics. Well, why don't you say that to Pryor? Why don't you say that to yeah. George Holland? Why? Because I'm easy to reach? Because back then, Carl, there was no social media. Could you imagine George Collin on Facebook now? Oh, <laughs> people would have seizures. Rick, I wanted to ask you, um, do you think that's kind of the mindset of the old school comic is I can't do my material online because I got to save it for the stage? where you are coming up pretty much with daily thoughts and it's almost like your own open mic is the internet and you're just trying stuff out every day and what hits hits and you can scratch more of the surface on stage. Look, I'm 60 years old. I started with, I started with Chris Rock, Kevin James, Ray Romano. These guys all went to the next level. and I was tired of waiting for the break. So I use the social media for my, I was now with the social media, I'm my own writer, producer, director and I'm, I'm doing it my way you know i'm doing it my way and if you don't Perfect. like it fine don't watch there's other channels there's other comedians don't watch which by the way that's something i want to pick your brain about when we come back from the break is just how much that has changed over time maybe we'll play a little sinatra i did it my way yeah i, I need something to calm me down <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna come up in the first segment Season five wrap up with Vic Potato right here on Inside Jokes. Hi, my name is Andrew Johnston. You're listening to Inside Jokes. Is it on 640? I traveled each and every highway. And more, much more than this, 
I did it. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. It is our season five wrap up. We have the one and only Vic Potato on the line with us. So, Vic, we were talking to you before the break a little bit about how, yeah, you jumped over to YouTube. You started doing these videos in 2009, built a mass following. You blew up with this stuff. But it is kind of funny because, uh, like you were sort of touching on, people look at that and they act like, wow, good for this guy, overnight success. They don't look at the fact that, yeah, I've been doing stand-up for 30 years and then doing these videos for 15 years on top of this, right? I mean... Well, Jerry Seinfeld said it best. He said it took him 25 years to become an overnight sensation. Yeah. <laughs> people, don't, people don't realize. And then I started when, when the when the damn pemic hit. I call it a damn pemic. Yeah. The damn pemic hit. I started doing these virtual shows. Oh, my God. They were horrible. I How painful stand. are those? You know, I, I, the first couple ones I did, we had a limited uh, audience. I sold them out. 300 people bought tickets. But you only see on the screen like six people. It's like looking at the Brady Bunch. So now <laughs> these people are watching from their homes and they don't realize I hear them. Yeah. I'm here in my office and I'm loud. My wife is upstairs. She's trying to sleep. The, the cat is flipping out. And as I'm doing my act, I'm listening to people from the house. Hey, Marie, get me a glass. I heard a, a toilet flush. I heard a, a parrot. I mean, what's, I couldn't stand the virtual shows. <laughs> Then, thank God, we did the outdoor show. That was good, the outdoor shows. But then it started getting, who's going to go to a show in February, you know? Yeah. yeah. But now, see, when the pandemic hit, it wiped out my whole calendar. But now everything's slowly coming back. I'm booked into 2022. You know, every state has different restrictions. Who's got, you got to wear a mask. You got to be vaccinated. And people are contacting me. Why do I have to get vaccinated? What do you want from me? It's not my decision. You know, people are insane. I don't know if that's going to hurt sales or help ticket sales. It's it's crazy, man. You know, well, and it became such a political thing. It became such a dividing point, which I mean, we certainly don't need more of that in the States. You guys definitely don't. But it became such a dividing line for people. I think the one thing interesting is, you know, at the beginning of this pandemic, because comics were really trying to figure out sort of an emergency plan, because, yeah, like you said, everybody's calendar got wiped clean. Festivals are shut down. Clubs are closed except for a few renegade places on the map, but for the most part, it was gone. I mean, your calendar was cleared. It's interesting now, a year and a half later, seeing how much stuff has been built and how much sort of new streams there have been and new audience there is. I think another interesting thing too, Vic, I mean, going back to even, you know, those first couple decades when you started out on stage in New York and when you started working the clubs and all that, the process now of getting seen and working your way up is so much different now. Because, you know, it used to be you go to the club, Introduce right. yourself to the booker, hound them, hound them, hound them, somehow get on an open mic, maybe get a spot eventually and just work your way up and pay your dues. That's all gone now. It's, it's changed the game plan. I feel sorry for young comics starting out today. You know, and getting back to the pandemic, that's where the videos helped out because I monetized all my videos on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And that supplemented the income that I wasn't getting from the live performances. So I, I, I was really lucky. You know, a lot of guys, they had to get jobs and they, they gave up comedy. I, I'm really blessed. You know, I'm, I'm doing better than, better than most, not as good as some. I, I can't complain. Well, even during this whole time, I mean, yeah, because you do put out content every single day. So you're at home, 
you're coming up with these concepts, you're filming stuff, you're rolling stuff out, you're keeping, you're keeping things flowing for your audience. For you during this whole time, was it the same thing with stand-up? I mean, how much of a different animal is that for you, the way you write and prep stuff for the stage versus what you're putting out onto the internet? You know what? Stand-up is basically, you know, I, I got it. It took me almost 40 years to get my hour set. I mean, I, I could do an hour and a half, two hours if I have to, between improvising on stage. But the, I think the videos is harder because it's every day. My yeah. stand-up is weekends. So it gives me time. But it, the funny thing is I could watch my videos over and over, but I can't watch my stand-up. It, it's, it's strange. I can't watch a video of me doing the stand-up, but I love, I watch my videos. I crack myself up with the videos. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting like tired of my own act. You know, I'm trying, it's hard to come up. The hardest thing is coming up with new stuff on stage. I, it's easy, believe it or not, the videos come easier to me actually. Well, because it's sort of a catch-22. I mean, a lot of comics were talking to us about this this past year where they didn't really know how to write material when they couldn't go on stage and work it out. It's, you know, everybody had all this sort of forced time off for a year where you're stuck at home and you'd think, oh, that's it's writer's workshop time. Not really, though, because you're not out there living life. You're not on stage at night working that stuff out. You're just doing the same exact thing as everybody else. But at the same time, I, the pandemic gave me a lot of new material. I mean, I got 20 minutes of just staying at home with my wife during a pandemic. <laughs> and, you know, between, I did a show a couple of months ago, an, an outdoor show in Pennsylvania. I did like 20 minutes on the pandemic. I did 10 minutes on the, the actual venue and the stage. And, and, and I did like a half hour of material. It was pretty rewarding. You know, I like when I come up with new stuff like on stage, but the videos is different because yeah. you can tape it and say, ah, I don't like that. Let me, I should have said this. I should have said that. But on stage, that's it. You're in the belly of the beast, you know? Live is live. Yeah, you're working it out on the spot. And, you know, audiences will let you know. I mean, you came up in New York. New York is notorious. Oh, yeah. Where I started in Pips and Comedy uh, comedy Club in Brooklyn, if you sucked, they would let you know you sucked. Yeah. That was the only place where you got heckled by the owner. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, do you think, because, I mean, Toronto, this Toronto's our stand-up hub in Canada, but we don't have that edge that New York has. I mean, people come here because this is where a lot of the clubs are, the festivals are based here and all that stuff. And it's just our big, it's our biggest center, right? But New York is a notoriously die-hard stand-up town. It's known for those packed in intimate clubs. Yep. The competition is tight. The audiences are savvy and they'll let you know when they aren't having it. Here's and a you're going up against so many other people. You want to hear a real great New York story? I used, to be a, I used to be a garbage man. My route was Midtown Manhattan. I had the, the graveyard shift. I would drive my truck to Dangerfields on First Avenue, and I told the owner, if I pick up your garbage, can you give me stage time? <laughs> That's how I got into Dangerfields. I did a show <laughs> one night. I go back, and I, I wave to the crowd. I'm pulling out on the truck, honking the horn. The audience is waving at me through the window. I mean, come on. What? Who does that? Who does that? <laughs> you remember, by the way, when you were when you were starting out. I feel like everybody always has this story of. I mean, we had Gaffigan on this season, and he was saying, "Well, for I worked him. with him many a time. We used to do the 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 the, uh, the proms, the prom season at Dangerfields." Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, and he was talking about doing some of those live stream shows too, and he said it was terrible. That was his yeah. <laughs> that was horrible. 
Oh, one of the most the only good thing is the only good thing is after the show you can go to bed. You know, there's no driving. Yeah, that, that was nice. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't have that you don't have that sort of energy that you can feed off of, right? Because when you go to the club, you're backstage, you're listening to the host, you're reading the room, exactly. you're getting the feel for it, right? Exactly. At home, it's just like camera comes on, go. You need that live audience. You need that instant feedback. There's, there's comedy and live audience. That, that's it. I kind of hope we never go through that again. Oh. I think we'll have enough sort of in place to, you know, we'll just, I think we realize that we don't want to ever experience that again. Oh. So we'll have enough in place. But Gaffigan was saying for him, it was a tell. Do you remember when you were coming up, were there certain comics that sort of propped you up or encouraged you to, yeah, keep going, keep doing this? Uh. No, not really. After <laughs> yeah. competition? No. I, I mean, my idol was George Collin, but I, I never met the guy, you know, yeah. he was a big influence to me. You know, um, I never really worked the, the, the city click. I just did Dangerfields. Then the big thing from that was to go to Long Island and do Governor's Comedy Club. Yeah. And then the big thing was, you know, just to go to Pennsylvania and, and stop branching out. You know, now I'm going to the West Coast. Finally, I, I just, I'm just curious. I, I you know, I want to perform to people that don't sound like me. That's why I'm really looking forward to uh, Montreal. And do you think? I mean, maybe that's part of why. Obviously, YouTube played a major role in this. But do you think that's part of why you do have this broad appeal? You do have this wide appeal because you were going out and you were playing the suburbs, and you were playing the road clubs and all that. Because New York, much like Toronto, you have comics who get stuck in just a certain amount of clubs in the city. It's the same crowd all the time yep. and they thrive there. Second, you pull them out of that though and throw them on the road somewhere, they, they're they dead in the water. Look, I'm very relatable. I mean, I, I, I sound like, look, I sound the way I sound. That's where I'm from. That's how I talk, but I'm very relatable. I talk about being married, having kids. I got fans all over the world. I get messages from people in Germany, Africa, Italy. It's, it's That's the beauty of the social media. You know, and a lot of people love that New York attitude, you know? So hopefully, yeah, I don't think I'm a drawer in Boise, Idaho, but, you know, <laughs> Chicago, yes. You know, L.A., absolutely, you know? I mean, I got the whole East Coast down. I mean, from New yeah. England to Florida, forget it. I can make a living just doing the, the whole East Coast. Of, but now, you know, I, I got to start branching out. I got to start. It's time to go west, young man, and, and north. I'd rather go to Canada. It's an hour and a half flight to go to Montreal. Oh, no Montreal's gonna, Montreal, for sure, there's a built-in audience for you. I mean, Montreal absolutely is going to love to have you back there. By the way, so when you are hitting the road, how much does how much does your audience, your followers, play into that to where you're going to go? Like, do you look at that and go, well, I know if I show up in Philly, let's say I know I got a full theater there automatically, no problem. But if I want to go do Chicago. Absolutely. Before the pandemic, when right, it was in March, it started where everything closed down. I had sold out shows in Atlantic City, Pennsylvania. I had sold out theaters. I'm not talking about clubs, theaters, 600 seat yeah. theaters. I mean, Boston, I sell it out. Connecticut, the Foxwoods, I sell it out. Florida, forget it. Florida, I sell it out. Hard Rock Casino, sell it out. But now, you know, things are getting a little tough now because of the, the, the COVID, the restrictions, the social distance. So now instead of doing one show, now I got to double up and do two shows with half an audience in each crowd. You know, it's, it's a, it, you know, it, it's, I guess it's a slow weaning process till we 
if we ever get back to normal, whatever normal is, I don't whatever know. Normal is going to be. I'm just happy. I'm working. I'm just happy. I'm booked. I got My calendar is filling up. People are always asking when you're coming out here, when you're coming here, when you're coming there. It, it's so gratifying. It really is. We were looking at that too. I mean, knowing that you're coming to Montreal September 18th, just looking at your, looking at some of your dates coming up. It's, you know, it's nice to see comics like yourself start to be filling that up again and hitting the road and theaters being open again and all that stuff. Cause it's, it's been a year and a half, which is too long, but it's felt like longer for sure. And my life, my wife loves that I'm leaving. I'm going on the road. <laughs> when, when is your next show? I, I should get her a shirt. When is your next show? We'll take your brain on that when we come back, by the way. How much of a, a, a good marriage test is COVID for sure? <laughs> we'll, we'll come back with more Vic Di Potato and find out what he's got coming up on the road and online right here on Inside Jokes. listening to Inside Jokes on 640. I'm at the sock, and I don't know why I just did this. Don't leave me this way. Baby. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby! It's the season five wrap-up right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We have Vic DiBetetto on the line from down in New York, but hitting the road all over the place and blowing up. Blowing up on the internet, just blowing up the internet, man. But of course, Vic, we were talking pandemic before the break. How much everything, I mean, for you, obviously, yeah, you have that audience, you have content you're pumping out on the daily, but you're a working comic. You want to be on the road. You want to be out there doing live crowds. That's what the whole thing's about. For you, I mean, a lot of your material, yeah, it's about being married. It's about family. How much of a different spin did this whole year give you on that? Because you're you're stuck around that all the time. <laughs> you're, you're used to being a working comic. You're out on the road because gigging's a weird lifestyle, man. You're gone half the time, you know? Yes, it is. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. About four months into the pandemic, my wife tells me one day, stop doing that. I'm like, doing what? Breathing. <laughs> one morning, my, my blinking was bothering her. <laughs> you know, you lose track. You don't know what day it is anymore. You don't know what, what week the, the holidays can... And then you come downstairs, you put on the news, you look for a glimmer of hope. And I live in New Jersey now. Yeah. And the governor, you know, what, is, what does he come up with? Well, on Christmas, you're only allowed to have 12 relatives. First of all, who the hell are you? to? T- I'm Italian. I have 11 uncles. So <laughs> I, I figured it out. I had 12 relatives. I had 11 stay in the house. One stayed outside in the porch. And every 15 minutes, we rotated like volleyball. <laughs> all right jimmy come on out maria you're in <laughs> then you look out the window you see the mailman you're like yes the mailman something to do i'm gonna go out and get the mail <laughs> i think maybe you i mean aside from figuring out you know new ways to reach audiences that most other comics that came up around the same time as you it never even occurred to them i think you also you seem to have this sort of level of balance in your life that a lot of comics don't have, especially younger comics. Cause a lot of the people we talked to during this, they were sort of shell shocked because they went, I'm used to being on the road 95% of the time. Now all of a sudden it's family is around me and friends. And I got to, I have to figure out how to be a normal person now. Cause I don't remember how to do that. Well, even in my videos, it, it, it relates. I mean, I have my mother-in-law in some videos and I get comments. Oh my God, we love her. She reminds me of my grandmother. I put my wife in the video. I put my cat, Eddie, my cat. 
when I'm on stage, people yell out, how's Eddie? How's your mother-in-law? My, my following, it's, it's different. It's, it, they are so supportive and loyal. It, they know everything. Sometimes it, it got to the point where I get heckled by my own taglines. People <laughs> yell out some of my bits. And, it, you know, I know they mean well, but it throws me off. But at the same time, I'm getting heckled by my own material. It's, it's weird. It's crazy. Well, it's you know, like Jim Gaffigan. He once said that yeah. that bit he does about hot pockets. Yeah, <laughs> and people yell out hot pockets, and you know, it's it's a, it's a compliment, but it's it's filling you up. It's crazy. <laughs> well, it is weird too. With it's the, a good problem. It's a good problem. It is funny how with the online crowd too, they sort of they take ownership of you. It's like you become their performer, you become their comic. So you don't have that thing where you're live on stage in front of them. But these people are logging in and watching everything you do every day, like religiously. You know, it's funny you said that. You know, there's 1%, 99%, God bless them. I, I, I'm in my backyard one night. My wife comes outside. She's in a panic. There's somebody ringing the bell looking for you. I'm, Relax. Take it easy. I walked around the house. It was a fan. I couldn't get tickets for your show. <laughs> See, I turned it to Michael Corleone. So you come to my house where my <laughs> wife sleeps, where my kids play with their toys. Now, thank God this guy, I mean, he was a lunatic, but he apologized. I, we, I signed an autograph. We took pictures. I'm like, dude, you can't come to my house. That's, yeah, that's a step too is far. That, <laughs> is that fun? You know, I love getting recognized. I'm, I'm the most approachable guy. You just don't bother me when I'm having dinner at a restaurant. With my yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's time for me and my wife. My wife, forget it. She's, she's Sicilian. She don't take any crap from anybody. <laughs> you can see in her face. And one fan was actually walking up. They, you know, they say, I don't mean to bother you. And then they bother you. And you can see the smoke come out of my wife's ears, you know. <laughs> and they, I apologize. She walked away. But, you know, I can understand why some celebrities get pissed off. But believe me, I am the most approachable guy. But there's a time and place for everything. But I mean, the guy came to your house in a way that's high praise because that's only happened once before, and that was John Lennon. So there you go. You're in <laughs> that's good right away what I thought of. <laughs> First of all, my wife hates the Beatles. That's another story. Yeah, <laughs> that's right away. That famous picture where Lennon signing the guy's order. Yeah. He's in the picture. Like yeah. five hours before. my mind, and this guy knows where I live. Nice. <laughs> now I got security. I got two legalized guns. I don't mess around no more. Yeah. No, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a step too Anybody far. Anybody wants it out there, it's watching, you're thinking of coming to my house, don't do it. <laughs> By the way, I wanted to pick your brain on this album because just recently you, you, you rolled out your debut album, which it's funny because, and you were talking earlier in the show, you said, you know, I've been at this 40 years, I've been doing the YouTube stuff for a decade and a half. And like you said, you could go on stage tomorrow in a theater and you could fill two hours. But you said you have your your one hour block. That's your honed gold. That's that's your tonight show stuff. That's your festival stuff. It's funny because that's sort of a hot button issue right now in comedy, because a lot of comics, a lot of young comics are starting out. And two years in, a year and a half in, they're rolling out albums because you can self-record them. You can put them on online yourself. You can get the money coming in from streaming and all that. Do you think there still is that sort of unwritten rule that comics need X amount of years put in before they really are ready to just put that out there permanently? I think so. You know, you see some of these guys, you know, they got their, their seven Johnny Carson minutes or whatever, you know, 
the old days, you, you went on Carson, he brought you to the couch. That was yeah. it. Now you could do Fallon or Colbert 10 times. I have more fans than some people who are, who are on TV shows. Seriously. Yeah. I have more fans. You know, I, I would do a theater and like the week before this, I don't want to mention that there's a guy who's on a, a great HBO TV show and he couldn't sell half the crowd. He sold out me. I sold it out like in two days with no TV. Yeah. I did one movie with Kevin James. That was it. You well, know, and, I, and, and I, I wonder why hasn't a movie producer or TV producer thought about putting me there with the following that I have. Uh, it, it's a brutal business. It really you know is. what? We'll actually, we'll come back to that too. Cause that reminds me of something else. All right. We're going to come back and wrap it up and kick off the rest of season five with Vic Potato right here on Inside Jokes. Hi, my name is Amish Patel, and you are listening to Inside Jokes on 640. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby! It's the season five wrap-up. We have Big D Potato online. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> telling us he has no pants on. That's good. Yeah, we were talking during uh, just before the break about, yeah, how, you know, there used to be sort of, and listen, yeah, Vic, it's different for every comic, of course, but I mean, there used to be, you hit the road for years, you work your way through the clubs, you hone your material, you hone your hour, you put out an album just like you did. Now, because everything is so do-it-yourself, comics, open mic comics that have been doing this for six months are going, here's my album, everybody download my album. Yep. I think some of that, it sort of muddies the waters too and it confuses the audience. But I mean, even even festivals now, festivals are booked in an entirely different way because you'll have somebody who's, sometimes somebody who's never even been on stage doing stand-up necessarily, but a festival will look at them and go, well, like, yeah, but they got X amount of people on TikTok. Let's give them a try, you know? Everybody's a comedian now, you know? Yeah. You watch TV and you look at some of these guys and you don't understand how they got on TV. And then you watch some guys who should be on TV. I'll give you an example. Brian Regan, Bobby Collins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dom Irera. These guys should be on sitcoms. I don't... And then you watch... That's why so many sitcoms, they last two weeks and they cancel. Because the guy has not... You're 23 years old. What did you experience in life? Yeah. What are you going to talk about? No, I mean, The world has changed. Sometimes I feel like I'm an old man now and... This has replaced the television, Vic. Yep. The, the yeah. cell phone has replaced the television. Yeah, want to scroll, uh, they want to channel surf. HBO had a good has a good series about that right now with uh, Jean Smart. So Jean Smart plays this comic. She's been at this, you know, 40, 50 years. And she needs some new blood. She gets paired up with this com- comedy writer who's like a 23-year-old. Everything's woke. Everything is like a soapbox speech. And she's writing her this material. And she's like, where's the comedy part, though? Everything feels like a TED Talk. <laughs> and then they, then they go back and look at a tweet you did 20 years ago. You yeah, know, absolutely. Look, yeah. Didn't, didn't, we all, didn't we all say messed up stuff in our past? Can we just, I mean, Kevin Hart. Look, I have a gay son. And I still don't think what Kevin Hart did was wrong. Yeah, you know? people are going to go back. Come on, man. Yeah. The guy's funny. He should have hosted the Oscars. Yeah. Because he said that 10 years ago, it, it's 
It's insane. And I, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. You like me? I, look, I have my audience. Do I want to be in movies? And do I want, yes, I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm happy. I got a nice house. I got a beautiful wife, two healthy kids. I drive a Lexus. What, what, I'm healthy. What more? I'm I'll happy. tell you what, out of the three of us, 20 or 25 years from now, whichever of the three of us are, are still able to actually use a computer, we'll go back and we'll find some of these 23-year-olds right now. We'll pull up stuff that they said right now and see yes. if it still applies 20 years from now. Hey, Vic, I want to talk about this brand that you have. You yes, got into the you coffee have, business. Yeah, so you... Tell me about this. You have your own merchandise. You even have you have a coffee business. Coffee. What's well, this about? I did a video. I, I you know, I look, we exact comedians, we exaggerate. Every holiday or every family function, especially with, with Italians, when it was yeah. time for coffee, it was a big production. My mother always had the old-fashioned farberware pot with the electrical cord. Yeah. A hundred foot electrical cord. And it was, who wants coffee? Anybody want coffee? What do you want? Black or brown? You want Demi Tats or espresso? So that's what I did. I ran around the house screaming, who wants coffee? Anybody want coffee? And the people loved it. It went viral. My manager said, you know what? Why don't we, no, a, a coffee line contacted my management because they saw that video. Do you ever think about Vic having his own coffee line? Fast forward, I got Vic DiBattetto's coffee. I got K-Cups. <laughs> I got pumpkin spice uh, roast, uh, uh, roast, dark roast, medium, hazelnut, and people are buying it. You know, sometimes I sell it at the theaters after my show, but you get it online at VicDiBattetto.net. I got shirts. I got everything. That's awesome. Buddy. There we go. See, oh, I mean, that is awesome. One-man comedy brand, I'm telling you. That's why, you know. Montreal, watch out, baby. Fun, but watch out, Montreal. Uh, all right. Let so we are Montreal. My batteries are charged. I am. <laughs> what can the crowd expect? Is it If you're sitting up front, cover your drinks because I spit a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Get one of those umbrella drinks. It's like a like Gallagher. I don't, I don't sugarcoat anything. And if, you, if you're easily offended, you better get your money back now. <laughs> <laughs> so Montreal, Montreal. is with spit. <laughs> so the, the date is September 18th, Saturday, September 18th, the Leonardo da Vinci Center, and a, a place that I've been to many times. It's awesome there. Yeah, beautiful a huge venue. theater, sellout crowd. Uh, check online if there's tickets still available. They're going quick if they are. At VickDiBattetto dot what was that website? VickDiBattetto dot net dot net. You got to spell my name right. not the Benedetto, not diabetes, not the potato, <laughs> not Geppetto. DiBattetto, Bittetto. DiBattetto dot net. Check for your tickets now, or check out VMG Entertainment in Montreal. He is coming there September eighteenth, Saturday night. And to get in to, to the Leonardo da Vinci Center, there's a, a keypad on the door. You got to hit the Da Vinci code. Yeah. <laughs> I was dying to say that. I, I like that. that, that too. Vince was starting to sound like mean Gene Okerlund there with that plug. Uh, by the way, where can we get, uh, where can we download your album too, Vic? Where can people find your album? Uh, Amazon, everything. VicDiBattetto.net has everything. There we go. VicDiBattetto.net. My Facebook, but look, if you're not getting notifications from Facebook, because Facebook, that, that's another story. They're limiting my audience. You have to go to my page on your own. They're messing with the algorithms. I, I did a whole oh, TikTok. I then... did a whole TikTok Vic on that. 
it, my Facebook page has my flyers, my banners, and my website. Those are the two key. Worst comes to worst. You go to YouTube. Just type in Vic D. I am the, the first second one. most comedian looked for on YouTube. Vic D. There you go. Hopefully Everything shows up. My YouTube channel, my Facebook page, and my website. Beautiful. So VicDPotato.net. Don't miss him live in Montreal September 18th at the Da Vinci. And, of course, pick up that album. Check out everything he's doing online. And get yourself some coffee. There Who you wants go. coffee? Anybody want coffee? All right. Vic Potato, thank you so much, man. We could have done this all day. Uh, yes. So glad to hear you're coming to Montreal and coming to Canada to play live. Hopefully here in Toronto soon, too, man. That is our show. Huge thanks again to Vic Potato. Love him. <laughs> Vince loves him. You can check out VinTPotato.net for all of his shows, comedy album. September coffee, 18th, Montreal. Shirts, September 18th in Montreal. That is season five, baby. We will be back next week with our season six kickoff and our 300th episode, man. Really big show. But until then, don't forget to hit up Global News Online. You can check out all of our episodes right back to the very beginning. That's it. We'll be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week's Comedy Rx features Vic DiBetetto. I now live in Manalapan, New Jersey, which is uh, the gateway to Israel, basically. <laughs> Nobody ever heard of Manalapan, so I'm between Springsteen and Bon Jovi. That's where I live exactly. Smack in the middle of Springsteen and Bon Jovi. Uh, Jersey's all right. got to learn how to drive in Jersey, because as you know, you got that stupid jug handle nonsense. No matter where you go, wherever you go, you got to pass it first. Like, even Home Depot becomes a mission. All right, there it is. There's Home Depot. There it goes. I have no clue how to get side of the fucking highway. We, my wife, we laugh about a tug. Is it on this side of the road? If not, we don't have the way home. I'm not going to the fucking merry-go-round. Because I have no patience. You ever go to the Borgata in Atlantic City? I'll be there at the end of the month. You're going to go to my show. You better leave after this show. Because the Borgata is like Emerald City. You could see it from the Atlantic City Expressway. You just can't fucking get to it. Your car looks like if you hit the Borgata, you end up in Brigantine. What the f***? It was right there. Then you make the U-turn, you pass Harris, the Golden Nugget. Right, there it is. And I get a f- I missed it again. Over the windmill, around the f***ing bridge. Son of a f- Let me try to f- I thought I had it that time.